horror, terror, anxiety. These are the things to create an epic spooky story and a deliciously frightful adventure, which is what most people want in the month of Halloween. And that's where we're at. It's spooktober, as some people say. And uh, I'm Robbie, by the way. I'm Steven, by the way. And this is Creator's Playbook, by the way. Uh, and we're here to inspire creativity or just give you a good laugh or, you know, maybe help you get those creativity wheels spinning. Maybe just a little, if just, possible. Just a little little smidgers right mm-hmm. there. Roll. And today, roll, roll. Uh, we're going to talk about a very, very popular theme in science I'm fiction. Excited. It's pretty awesome. It's one of mm-hmm. my favorites. Mm-hmm, it's also mm-hmm. really depressing. Uh-oh. We're talking about alien invasions. take me to your leader (laughs) what just happened accept it robbie i will accept anything you throw at me steven i will not only have you been abducted in this moment um but you are in a parallel reality oh Oh, my goodness am i am i rich and popular in this universe oh absolutely not (laughs) I can't even win in an alternate universe. There are not many realities that that uh, present to you as absurdly rich. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, guys, I promise you we're talking about alien invasions today. Mm-hmm. And keeping to the theme of of scary, spooky horrorness, this, Ooh, this cool. is a fairly, oddly enough, uh, alien invasions are not... Super new. In fact, you can go far as far back as a couple hundred years uh, to find references. Can I at least ask, are they as old as the History Channel's aliens, quote mark, in reference to Egypt? Wait, what? The I'm meme, not sure I'm following the, the meme where the guy is just like, oh. they couldn't do it alone. It had to be <laughs> aliens. I think you found the true conspiracy, Stephen. I mean, let's be honest. We think he was the first to say that. But for all we know, Julius Caesar himself, when being presented with oddities at his court, even said, guys, my my royal subjects, I'm not saying it's aliens, but aliens. aliens. And that's how he pacified most of his people. Look it up, people. It is fact. Factoids are being thrown at you right mm-hmm. now. Um, please... Please don't take that as gospel. <laughs> don't quote us. <laughs> um, so narrative-wise, when when is the earliest sighting that we've seen of aliens? Did you did you have something on that? I didn't. What I actually was more interested in was exploring the concept of alien invasions in fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most popular, and although it's not the first, it is one of the most recognized, mm-hmm. uh, which was the late 1800s story War of the Worlds. Oh, okay, um, that, okay. That is not famous. just one of the famous. Yeah, it's not like it's iconic, but it is also old. It's one of the first. Again, not the first, but amongst the first. And I, the thing that fascinates me the most about War of the Worlds is the mass hysteria that was caused from War of the Worlds. Did you know, Stephen, that a lot of the hysteria that was because that that specific story you're talking about uh-huh. was in the early 1900s? It was a radio drama of that story, and 
it, the the drama, the hysteria that was said to have happened was um, almost completely fictionalized. Uh, Wait, that, what? Yeah, that never happened. It never happened. No, I heard that people were listening to the radio and they were so freaked out. They got out their tinfoil hats and they like barred up their windows because they were so scared of an alien invasion that was happening. Totally false, my man. I looked it up. No. It, uh, it turns out uh, newspapers were trying because radio was getting really popular at this time uh-huh. and it was building a building. And obviously there was a lot of talk, you know, that the radio would eventually take over the news and newspapers that had been around for over a hundred or plus years. They weren't happy with it. And they took their chance to paint this picture, way exaggerate details. There was no one going out into the streets. There were people that were spooked and they were scared, but no different sure, than like sure. someone who gets out of like, you know, watching uh, a scary movie and watching a scary movie. Yeah. By it. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. You can't sleep that night. There was a lot of anxiety. But okay. uh, there was nothing, nothing the likes of which they painted. So, so what you're telling me is that the media is what painted this total story. Yeah, yeah. Quite coincidentally, it was a war of newspaper and radio. <laughs> war of the news, if you will. <laughs> I, I don't know if if my um, realizing that <laughs> that the American. So well, okay, I'm not going to say. I'm. I don't know if my opinion of. Uh, People have gone up for not being terrified and, you know, not actually having real mass hysteria or if my opinion of people have gone down because it was all fictionalized as mass hysteria. Like, (laughs) (laughs) right, right. It's like my faith in humanity gained a point and lost a point at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Well, it shows you the power that a simple article dated back as far as then Mm. can carry Mm. to today. Sure. But But I think it also carries a note of how powerful alien invasion stories are. Really quickly, um, I did hop in and I did a little bit of research and I found an alien invasion story that is older than the one that you just cited with War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds, yep. I found an alien invasion story from the 10th century. 10th century, really? 10th century. Now, this is not really deemed as full-on alien invasion, but... It is one of the earliest references that we've been able to find for the earliest concept of aliens, and it comes from Japan. Um, It is a 10th century Japanese narrative or folktale for Princess Kaguya, who was a daughter of the moon. And it's always the moon. She was uh, had to return back to the Lunarians because she was Lunarian. She was not from Earth. So this is a very simple alien invasion story. Like she didn't come to conquer, hurt, or do anything. She just Yeah, it, if I understand correctly, if I remember correctly, she ran away from the moon. And uh, I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> Let's be honest. Look at that place. And I can't remember if she was hiding. I can't remember if they sent her her here and then she tripped up and they forced her to come home, but she was forced to go back to the moon. Gosh dang it. Just run away from home. Mom and dad come call and they're like, hey, get back. Get back to your moon house, okay? Mm-hmm. Be happy with your moon food and the and moon, your moon dirt. Bed. Yeah, jeez. You can apparently build portal surfaces with moon dirt. In yeah. Mind. When I was your age, we had to float everywhere. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> I, I left on that one. <laughs> was, was the only thing that came to mind in the moment. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. Well, that's interesting. And, and actually, that was one of the things I was going to bring up. Um, so in any story that you tell, you're trying to invoke 
a feeling. Mm-hmm. And that often is it's part of the theme. When you think when you talk about a theme, if I were to say, hey, murder, mystery, horror, that evokes some feelings, might evoke mm-hmm. a little bit of anxiety. Yeah, I'd say that it also invoked like a, a sense of grotesqueness. Grotesque, yep. It, it, it's all about the feelings. And, and, you know, people read stories to feel scared and all yeah, that. Yeah, adrenaline. Yeah. And what I think is fascinating about the alien invasion genre is it often invokes a feeling of hopelessness. Hmm. Did you know that uh, the War of the Worlds is actually a tragedy? Humanity loses in the end. They're oh, all that's driven exciting. Underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, right? H.G. <laughs> Wells. Come on, man. Now, later books did come back and eventually turned it into, uh, um, you know, a I think, yeah, a redemption story. And incidentally, guess what? Hmm. It was It's a post-apocalyptic story at that point. So, oh, the redemptionist? Yeah, usually because the aliens have come, conquered, and now they roam oh, the planet okay, destroying okay, it. Okay. Yeah. And so, anyway, in that story, they do come back. But in a lot of alien invasion stories, it's it's an overwhelming force coming down on the planet and devastating it in some mm-hmm. way, one way or another. And it's a very popular story to tell. Uh, Fifth Wave, that's a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, Oblivion with Tom, Tom Cruise, that's another one. That's a little more post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting mixture because it is a post-apocalyptic for some creatures. But in the case of Tom Cruise's character, it's actually in an alien invasion. He comes to realize there's this giant spaceship in the sky that rules the planet through robots. And I mean, how do you beat that? Mm-hmm. And so it's this I, over. Yeah. Well, I could think of a couple of other really quick examples. There's a TV show. I think it was canceled. I can't remember called V. Yeah. V for yeah. Visitor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they came down and pretty much hovered in the sky for a long period of time just to scare people. And then they presented themselves as human with their own plot to manipulate and take over the planet. And then there's also the, oh, 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 what's the one with Amy Adams with the giant uh, ships that come down to... um, Isn't that Arrival? Arrival, yeah. Yeah. That's not a full-on invasion, but it invokes the same fear that an invasion would. And then there's also, you have a brand new, I haven't seen it yet, but the uh, War of Tomorrow... And then you also have the the yep. edge of tomorrow, both tomorrow. Tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, another Tom things. Cruise movie with a, an yep. alien invasion where their odds are totally against them on both ends. Exactly. Yeah, and in both of those examples, it's just as you say. There is a, and this comes back to one of the themes or one of the points in our creation process. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's these Hopeless. just overwhelming hopelessness yeah. presented I, by I these can, creatures. I think what contributes to that is this incredible, terrifying idea that you do not understand who they are and you don't understand what technology they have. It's always coupled with terrifying technology that can obliterate things in a moment or just steal people or, uh, you know, cloak among the masses. There's just so many implications. It's brought on because of not understanding, misunderstanding. Misjudging. Right. One of the whole points of an alien invasion is, in most cases, it takes place during our modern times, which mm-hmm. is what gives it more oomph. You can have alien invasion set in a future format, but it becomes less alien invasion and more like human versus alien war, space wars, essentially. Yeah, I was just thinking about where do we yeah. really see this in Star Trek? Exactly. And now, 
there is a theme of inside of alien invasion stories that you see often, which is the weirdness. Um, mm-hmm. Because if these aliens can come to Earth in our modern age, there's one huge advantage they already have on us, which is mm-hmm. faster than light travel. They got to our planet. That's just something we're not capable of yet. We can't take mm-hmm. intelligent life and carry it to another planet, whether it's in the form of well, and organics we or what, machines. We can't tell what planet it's coming from. Exactly. One. It's it is a it's an assassin on, mm-hmm. on genocidal. I don't know if that's a word scale. So if if I may ask then, because there's a lot of different themes that you can pull from aliens, and we've done an alien episode before, just describing or trying to discover an alien species. Um, is this aspect more on alien invasion, or is this are we exploring more about alien abduction? So we're very much exploring alien invasion because okay, I want okay. to focus on the theme of hopelessness. Okay. Now, again, you did bring up some points like arrival is another example. It borders the line. I've seen it classified as an alien invasion story. However, I don't want to spoil anything. That oh, is it's, definitely it's worth watching. It's worth watching. And I won't spoil it here, but just know that um, there isn't a sense of hopelessness in that in the theme of that movie. Quite the opposite. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it quite the more- opposite more on about hope but what it does explore is humanity's view of hopelessness exactly and what humanity does to itself when it when it sees itself in a hopeless situation it brought perspective and Mm -hmm. that is a theme of invasion where the aliens come to actually benefit humanity and there's a couple there's a couple areas arrival right well i just mean other movies that follow along the same theme oh sure of coming sure. to help yeah so that is one type one type is the the conquering the actual invasion they come in mm-hmm. to conquer uh the other type is more deceptive they come in offering help but it's a long-term portrayal it's easier to get your fingers into something mm-hmm. and then twist it in on itself that yeah, is the thing that is v right and v v exactly there's also great episodes from stargate uh, sg1 that yep. follow the theme of aliens come in with a an olive branch if you will with the intention of taking over there's a lot of different brackets you can explore whether it's forceful deceptive mm-hmm. or it's it's an ally coming to help our planet but we're going to lean in on the deceptive slash invasion like okay, th- these, okay, these people okay. are here to conquer and uh, they're coming they're not in friendly. force. They're not friendly. Okay. So it's let's get to more of the technicalities. So here's our questions that we kind of have to dive into and break okay. down and then we'll do the prompt. So framework. Again, we're focusing on the hopelessness. This is an almost impassable mountain for humanity to overcome. So one of the first questions we have to answer is, why is someone coming to our world? Why do they want our world? Is hmm. it resources? Generally, it's resources. Um, <laughs> it might be just land. It's it's a habitable planet. They want a habitable planet to store some more of their people. Uh, it could be a position oh, in their oh, ongoing oh. war. Uh, uh, Jupiter ascending is that humans make a tasty snack that make you young forever. <laughs> yeah, humanity's literally parts for the for the uh, longevity of other aliens. So there's lots of things you could do there. The second one is what is the method that'll be used hmm. to conquer humanity? Is it violent and unrelenting like War of the Worlds? Is it deceptive like body snatchers? Is it calculated or hard Ooh, and regretful? Yeah, I think one if you have a more sympathetic invasion like they're coming to take over your planet uh even though they don't want to. Wait a second. Throwback. 
episode 10, Great Mistakes. We did an episode about environments. Um, and the oh. whole thing about that episode was that Earth was accidentally terraformed by another alien race without realizing that people lived here. And by the time they got here, it was too late. Oh, they didn't want to terraform right. a planet that was already inhabited. They thought that it was barren. Well, good throwback. Hey, guys, go listen to Grave Mistakes. It's one of my favorites. It's a good episode. Oh, like it's early fun. shining stars of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we were just kind of starting to find our episode. way. Oh, he is. Um, so third question, in what way is humanity completely outmatched? And this is where you start to get that hopeless barrier mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you really want to make it terrifying is it biology these creatures are so horribly genetically more powerful than the rest of humanity mm -hmm. it could be technology their weapons they could they're just dropping laser beams from space and blowing things up <laughs> could be numbers could be time uh time might we be will a attack more... you with arithmetic <laughs> we'll throw numbers at them they can't resist the numbers drop the clock Crumble before by squaring and rooting of things, you simpletons. Why are all these aliens so 19 or 1920s newscasters? I don't get it. That's Take probably me to your leader while we're at it. <laughs> Stay tuned for our next move, humans. Uh, next is infrastructure. This is on the deceptive end of things. They come in and they just have a way of manipulating all the all the leaders of the world. A good example of that is they live. Which is they they've already taken over Earth. We just don't even know. They're they're mm. amongst us, and they have what they want from us. They're taking what they want from us, and uh, all political leaders are totally complicit with the invasion. Mm -hmm. So that's an interesting one. And one human finds out they get a pair of glasses that allows them to see the aliens, and they're like, "Oh shoot, we've been conquered." So. Interesting well, concept. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's one. That's the other question. Oh, and How that also are they would be over? like the, the silence from Doctor Who would be exactly like the, the silent yep. political takeover. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. How is it being used to conquer uh, Earth and humanity? That's the next question. And then here's the thread. The single thing that follows throughout all of this. How do we and this is the, this is also the thread of tension, how we continue to build tension. Mm hmm. How do we drive this home? Because mm. a part of whether this is a tragedy or not, we have to decide, or rather, we have to show how outmatched humanity is. Mm -hmm. And this could be, you know, as our heroes or group or whatever continues to go throughout the journey, they just see how unbe unbelievably outmatched they are, and they have to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Independence Day is a great example of that one. Yes. Yes. They just continually get thrown against the wall. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that is a great way to build tension in these kinds of stories. So the final one is, what is the thread and solution uh, to this? You know, how do they barely squeak by? I don't want to, I don't want to spoil any shows, but this tends to be a ca the case for a lot of alien invasion stories. Humanity gets lucky and they find, they, they barely find a way to squeeze in and win. <laughs> well, and again, Just going barely. right back to Independence Day. That's exactly how they, they survive. Exactly. Luck, chance, and a little bit of puzzle solving. Exactly. So it, it's interesting to say the least. But anyway, are you ready for the, the prompt? Should we just oh, yeah, into I'm it? ready. Yep, yep, yep. Excellent. Okay, here we go. Dr. Doyle pulled away from the screen as though the light would burn him. He grabbed at his mouth, wiped at it tiredly, and let his eyes slowly turn to the rumbling scanner. 
It sat there humming, still turning the material sample inside it over in on itself again and again, heating it, cooling it, and blasting it with every known spectrum of light just to see how it bounces back. The screen formed an army of graphs and data, all neatly organized in formations that said the exact stomach-curdling thing. It's not of this world, he whispered quietly. More than that, said the assistant sitting behind him, in an almost holy tone, as though they were in a church. We can't even tell what it is. That was the part that made Dr. Doyle's blood vibrate uncomfortably. He had seen it so many times now that it had burned into his brain. He saw it even when he closed his eyes. Because the last 10 scans over the last three days returned the exact same results, not even a decimal out of place. It's almost as if, he muttered in a low rumble, someone wants us to see this data and nothing else. Who do we even report this to? The assistant asked. Does weirdness merit reporting? Perhaps not, but perhaps overcaution is merited, Dr. Doyle replied, and swiped the papers off the table he had printed hours ago. No sense in reprinting data that hadn't changed. Put the sample in the travel container and call Mr. Morrison. He'll set up a meeting with the board. Where are you going? The assistant asked. To make a few phone calls of my own. I believe the source of this particular sample has a few more answers for us. There you go. Short, hmm. sweet, to the point. So, to give you perspective here, we got some kind of sciencey dudes uh, <laughs> testing a sample, and uh, they're getting some strange data. They they don't know what it is or where it's from. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the strangest part is, no matter how many times they scan it, the data is exactly the same every time. Very strange and very weird. <laughs> and there you go. That's your prompt. There you go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I liked it. So, yeah, time to start rolling into it. Sounded a little ooky spooky. Um, Ooky dooky spooky. Strangeness. So, what I am leading into is that very last phrase that you gave for us, that the uh, source of the sample wants to hear about this, makes me want to lean into a couple of different things in that I am curious if the sample that they're scanning is organic. Do we have any information on what it physically looks like? Does it look organic or does it is it more of like a an alloy, like a metal? Interesting. I left it up in the air. What okay. do you want it to be? Because I want it to be organic. Mm. In that I want it to be kind of a fleshy sample. In that mm, I think that this is a sample taken from a human. Ooh. Okay. But for some reason, this part of flesh, even though it looks like human flesh, is down to the molecule, not from Earth. Down to the molecule. So it looks like humans flesh. It looks like human flesh. Scanned. It's not mm-hmm. human flesh. But it's not human flesh. Interesting. Or at least there are elements to it. Like they, maybe maybe it's like conjoined with, you know, actual human body. but these these small like generated el- you know elements are not from earth and so it it kind of makes me want to lean into our our aliens taking over our food source and as our bodies are eating you know a food source that is not from earth and it looks like it's from earth say carrots 
They've taken over all the carrots. Um, as <laughs> oh no, not the carrots. Just using that as an example, as it synthesizes and your body processes it and it is able to make more body cells or skin cells from these carrots, then those new molecules are, in a sense, been taken over. This leads to an interesting thought and kind of makes this a little more plausible, which is the fun part of any sci-fi, right? You have water, normal water and heavy water. Did you know you can drink heavy water? Oh, oh, I've heard of that. You can drink it for about three weeks until it kills you. That's um, and that's because uh, it will naturally replace water in your own body. You know, everything that well makes up your cells brand. over time. Mm-hmm. So I love this idea that they are eating something and it is beginning to overtake the body. It's beginning to replace them unknowingly. So they're still the well, same oh, people. Okay, okay, okay. What if it is a water source then? Going off of that theory... But it's radioactive water that Mm. is making the cells radioactive. But the problem is that this is a radiation wave that has not been identified on Earth. A radiation wave. Okay, so it's a a type of radiation, radiation, a form of radiation that is not on Earth or has never been seen or recorded on Earth before. Okay, okay, I like this. What what if? um, Because I know that one of the ways that we search for alien life is radio, right? We look mm-hmm. for radio signal. What if the this radiation actually is like a key signature from a star that we've identified? That there's a type of radiation that comes from a star that we already have identified, and they're like, "Oh, oh crap! This this radiation wave is only supposed to be in space." And I don't know if I'm like tripping all over like space and in, in alien communication theory. Like I don't study this. I'm not a physicist or an alienologist right <laughs> but just a little caveat there guys yeah it, if if we do pick up you know radio waves from space if we can detect radiation from space then what if we actually know what star system this came from but it's not supposed to be on earth interesting so we can recognize it it's like we've seen this before but not coming from humans Mm-hmm. I think this would lead to an interesting series of events where kind of a, an interesting moment. Let's say the doctor in a moment of desperation, he's sitting in his office. Doctor you can who? Do- Dr. Doyle. He's sitting in his office chair and he, his hair is completely disheveled. There's like five empty cups of coffee next to him. I don't know mm-hmm. why he doesn't use the same cup. He's a lazy schmuck, but he's got five empty cups next to him stained with Starbucks. coffee. Oh, and okay. He all from Starbucks. Actually, two of them are from Starbucks. Uh, Two more are from a locally owned. Never mind. (laughs) They could be from McDonald's. Starbucks closes, I think, after a certain time. McDonald's is open all night. So true. Starbucks closes at 10. Not that that is important. (laughs) Well, he went deep into the night. But the point (laughs) is, he's getting desperate and he's tapping Mm -hmm, on the mm -hmm. floor because he has suspicions and there's only one way to Mm. test it. And you see him reach into his drawer and he takes out one of his surgeon knives used to, uh, we'll say, manipulate the samples that he works with. Mm-hmm. And he begins cutting out a section of his own flesh to put into the scanner. Yikes. And okay. <laughs> you see the panic as he slips it in. He stands up and he begins pacing back and forth, back and forth in the room, waiting hour after hour as his little piece of flesh gets bombarded and scanned from every angle. And when he turns back to the graph, 
once again, he gets the exact same results. And mm. then he has a heart attack and he's like, no. And the information dies with him. Okay. It's okay, a tragedy. Okay, so it's the assistant that has and to And then the assistant takes over. Yeah, okay, okay. exactly. Yep, yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. Anyway, kinda, I kind of like the, this dark side of things. Oh, all right. So we have our- The image of him like scanning his own flesh by literally cutting a part of him off. Mm. Little, little Oof. much. But Oof, it is, this is a horror a... story. So mm-hmm. he bandages it up, but- but you could see this okay, is driving him crazy. Okay, but here's the question: Why? Why would yeah. why would they want this? Are are they trying to grow humans into a food source? And that that frames one of the most important questions that we're trying to ask here. the The first one, the actually, why. which is the why are they coming to Earth? Why do mm-hmm. they want Earth? Yeah. And I think you're presenting an interesting concept. I, a, an easy, rich. We'll call it low hanging fruit. They want to turn humans into food. Maybe this is some kind of energy species and humans uh, are of the perfect composition that allows this to fester and build this radiation. So they're, they're farming humanity at this point. Okay. So low hanging fruit. That's one option. um, I decided to go ahead and type into the computer uh, into the computer. Wow. Uh, So I just Googled, what can you do with radioactive material? And it says here today, uh, to benefit humankind, radiation is used in medicine, academics, and industry, as well as generating electricity. And it might be interesting that we lean into the direction of humans uh, being used as a resource in that humans with this radiation signature can be used as medicine. Oh, interesting. And so... Taking down the human race is not necessarily about taking our planet, but, you know, their radiation signatures combined with our organic life. Maybe the organic life that's on Earth is very unique. Um, you know, not the not all the planets have evolved the ways that ours has. And so, I, I, I don't know. Is that too Jupiter ascending? It, But, you know, it, they're actually making medicines for for their people just to survive. If if they don't, their species will die out. I would say that one, the theme of using human humans itself as some kind of resource, whether it's medicine, mm-hmm. food, sometimes as hosts, as we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually called the host. Perfectly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's perfectly acceptable. Like I would say uh, using it as medicine is definitely a twist. Um, and it's, it's a new way to explore it. So mm-hmm. I like this idea because, because it introduces an interesting element to the story, mm-hmm. which is the aliens are going to come here and they're going to conquer us because they kind of have to, they need mm-hmm. the medicine. And so I'm getting two vibes from this vibe. Number one is actually hocus pocus in feeding the kids, <laughs> the potion so that they glow. And then they siphon off the life force off of the kids. Right, right, right. Yeah, so yeah, that they're yeah. young and beautiful forever. Um, uh, vibe number two that I'm getting is actually from an alien race in Star Trek Voyager that actually abduct other aliens to harvest their organs. Oh, interesting. I think if we're trying to go into that theme of hopelessness, I would say this is actually the time strategy that the aliens themselves aren't so powerful that if they came to earth right now, they could conquer us or our projectile weapons, our missiles, our nukes is enough to hold off the aliens were they to come. 
right? So they went for a time tactic, and that's why they went after the water and why they started doing this with the water for a very particular reason. They're not trying to kill us, but I wonder if instead they're trying to make us more susceptible to something so that when they do get here, they can take over easily and quickly. What if they want our cancer cells? They want our cancer? Yeah, they want to charge the human race and probably animal races for that matter with cancer we're we're pretty much like a a zoo or a feeding ground of cancer cells so that they can extract the cancer cells for whatever reason well that's interesting because you are playing into a topic of like a why and maybe this takes place in the year 2040 and cancer is astronomically high unbelievably high I would say in that case, then the material and resource they need from humanity is at the cellular level. And so they need as much of it as they can. Maybe it's a particular cancer that that forms in a specific area of the body. What if the original um, sample that the doctor was studying was a cancer sample that was extracted from from the original uh, person that, that we started this story with? And, you know, the more that they study it, because they're trying to figure out how that cancer got there in the first place, it's not a normal cancer. Um, and in studying it, they realize like, no, this, this cancer, like these cells are laced in something that's not from this world. And so, th- this whole thing is to make, I, I don't, th- that's where I'm getting the, the roadblock. I can't figure out why they would want cancer cells. Unless these are specific cancer cells that are designed to eat certain things. Um, there are, you know, there's like animals on this planet that we collect and harvest and we literally siphon out of them certain materials to form cool. medicines. This is a very real thing. Like, the, oh, I can't remember so what fun. it is. Is it the horseshoe crab? I think it's actually the horseshoe crab that mm. we do this to. And it's a problem because we have actually harvested them to a degree where we're actually going to run into a problem and we're going to have yeah. to figure out a way to somehow synth- synth- synthetically produce this. Right. And it, it's we do this practice all over the place because um, I know that also all red dye, almost all red dye, whether it be in makeup, red lipstick, red ink, almost all of it come from a beetle. Whoa. So the idea of humans in that sense being used as a full on resource, it's it's quite quite gross (laughs) yeah no it totally is well it makes you think about your own humanity i think that's the reason why you tell a story about that is it makes you think about what we're already doing i think this actually plays into the image quite a bit if we were to make it some kind of some it's just horrible but like a skin cancer Mm -hmm. essentially and so you know he sees it starting to develop on himself and he thought well it's just a mole but no it's it's something else it's entirely. Something worse. Yep. And his team was brought into it because they're seeing an astronomical blast in you know in, in the increase and growth of this kind of cancer all over the world. And I think where this if brings it's a skin related, it could be really tragic if it's not from necessarily ingesting the fluids, but maybe it's it's from bathing in it. You know, as Ooh. you're taking showers, you know. It's designed to affect the skin, not necessarily your internal organs, but maybe that's a long-term effect that they haven't seen yet. But this water source in this small community was affected by the alien race to 
you know, start this this transition process into infecting these people with horrible diseases, I guess. Okay. I think I have a way of wrapping this up. Okay. So okay. we've answered quite a few questions here, bring it, bringing it back to the technicalities, right? Mm-hmm. So, and it goes all based off of what you just said. So we kind of figured out, you know, why do they want our world? Well, they want to use human to grow a specific kind of food. We don't know why exactly they need the skin or the cancers. That's okay. We just know that this is what they're Earth doing. Earth is like a science lab. They want it. Yeah. So um, how are they doing it? Well, it's very calculated. Uh, and perhaps it's hard and regretful. They came to our, they're doing this to our planet uh, in order to s- supplement something in their own civilization that they need. In what ways humanity completely outmatched? Well, when it comes to technology, it also comes to time. Like they've just totally, completely overcome our our water supply and because of this uh it's already too late we see that everyone everywhere is being infected with this mm-hmm. yeah, if, if they've infected the oceans and maybe that's what we saw first is that life in the oceans has started to degrade and we started you know we're blaming ourselves for this but because it's radioactive that we're talking about this radiation signature uh does it carry up with the water vapors as they evaporate and then rain into the reservoirs and rain into, you know, life all over the planet. Yeah, you can escape it. It seems to be everywhere. So I would say then the 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 one of the second to the last question is that giant barrier. You know, the one where you, our hero character just sees a wall, a mountain that can't be overcome. We've lost already. Mm-hmm. This this war. By the time is you've won. noticed, it's too late. Exactly. And I would say it's that moment when he's in the lab and he's testing himself to see he has the exact same condition. It's like, it's even gotten to me. Like I am no Mm -hmm. exception to this. And he sees this everywhere and the numbers are everywhere and it's hopeless, right? Mm -hmm. So then the final question, the thread, how do they pull through a solution? And I think it comes back to what you're saying. Because the solution in order to overcome it has to be simple. Mm-hmm. And I would say they find it in societies that are completely away from water and bathing is a luxury. And so what mm. I would say is they find that the solution is quite simple and also quite odorous, <laughs> that they can escape it by simply uh, putting a, a cessation mm-hmm. uh, to, to all bathing activities. The water's perfectly safe to drink. It's direct exposure because let's say it's a type that can actually, whatever it is, whether it's radiation or chemical, uh, it can be filtered out through the kidneys or whatever, or it just doesn't, there's too much it goes through the body (laughs) that, yeah, maybe it it affects the kidneys. But what they find is like, although this isn't great and it might reduce our lifespans, we can't be food for these creatures so long as we can keep it from contacting our skin. We'll have well, to find other ways to bathe ourselves. You're on why this is happening. Right. We'd have to put some elements into the story of how they realized, oh, they're using us for food. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we don't have enough time to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this has been a, quite the episode. And you guys have endured with us until the very end. Uh, I, but I yeah, I had more of an outcome for you. <laughs> well, but we found a solution, uh, although it's kind of silly. Well, it's, it's sure. not really a solution. It's a Band-Aid. It doesn't really stop what's happening nor does it identify who like where this is coming from who's doing it that i think would definitely have to be a sequel to this story of like okay why did this happen and in many alien invasion stories it is a tragedy 
Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't end with humanity winning or they get by a threat. So, you know, I think you're making a fine point that the first the first book movie um, season would actually be them just barely getting by, finding a way to uh, understanding why people are, yeah, dying. Yeah, exactly. And anyway. I think the huge. If I were to just theorize, I would have to assume that if this is being used as a resource, if people are dying from this, or at some point the aliens have to start showing themselves to start collecting on their harvest right mm -hmm. so i think that that's where the story is really going to progress of okay now we know what's happening and then you know they're paying attention and seeing oh people are disappearing the horror ensues anyway guys thanks for joining us on the uh alien invasions it's been fun thank you thank you next time yeah. alien abductions same universe <laughs> or body snatchers that could be up soon oh yeah yep. spicy Guys, if you're interested in following us on Twitter, you can find us by looking up Creators PB Pod. Uh, and you can find us on Instagram or Facebook by just mm -hmm. looking up Creators Playbook. Yep, Guys, yep, yep. we've enjoyed having you around. We can't you wait are to see an what you make. Delight. Love you and all. We'll catch you next time. Bye bye. Bye. Creators Playbook is a Talea Studios production. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at contact at creatorsplaybook.com. Thank you so much for joining us. We cannot wait to see what you make. I know at least in one universe, I come out as a, I'm a techno pop star. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. I tried to imagine you as a techno pop star. And honestly, the image is fantastic. Don't, don't take that away from me. Robbie, the techno pop star. I would definitely I, I be one of those. I see you as yeah. like, like the protozoa from Xenon, girl of the 21st century. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is. I would be one of those guys that like wears a helmet, like Daft Punk or, or Dead Mao. I mean, Mouse, that, not Dead Mao. I would do that. Did you know that for a long time I actually thought the name was Dead Dead Mao Five? <laughs> <laughs> I think I did too, actually, just a um, little bit. It, it's really, really sad.